1: Middle call. Hey, Behaves. We are uh, standing room only right by the uh, right field foul pole at uh, what is now Oracle Park.
0: Place is buzzing, guy.
1: Papa just got us into the uh, Gotham Club. That's a little tease of who's coming up on the pod today.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, you know, would I have made it in the next 10 years in that place? I would go over under 10%, probably under.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We went, so we did the interview with Papa. Then we just run into him while we're standing out here in right field. And he says, You want to go to the Gotham Club? Well, we first said, sure. You
0: want a crab sandwich. That's right. And I said, Sure. So we followed. The line was long. Well, it's clear at, at I almost called it t at Oracle, people don't necessarily lock into the game. The concourse and the people eating food is just. Is vast, including A's fans. Don't act like you're better than it because you're not.
1: No, a lot of walking around. you notice we're looking up here at the uh, stands? A lot of it's Levi Stadium level seating. Any seat in the sun, everyone is like scooched way back into the shade.
0: It's hot today, so I, I can't. I honestly, I can't blame them.
1: I can't believe you wore jeans.
0: Well, you told me wear shorts. I checked. I thought the seventy. You know, a seventy sometimes in the city can be a cold seventy. Yeah. I underestimated the heat. This. You know, it's one of those where it's seventy-two degrees, but on the field it feels
1: ninety-seven. That's what I'd go. Yeah, yes, and direct sunlight. So Greg walks up to the uh, elevator for the Gotham Club and says, Hi, Greg Papa. <laughs> and then we get down, that obviously worked. And then we get down further. Well, in the- one guy first goes, The new voice of the 49ers.
0: That's right. And the other guy goes, He'll always be oh, the voice John! of the Raiders to me. That's
1: right. <laughs> so then we get down, we go to the check in spot, and he goes, Hi, Greg Papa. They're like, Oh, hi, great, come on in. Bring- this is Guy, this is John, they're visiting. Let me show them around. Not to tell on ourselves, but no tickets, no anything. We, yeah. How do we get in the stadium without a ticket, without a pass? We have nothing still. <laughs> but Larry Bear waved at Haberman, so we, we, we know people that know people. Should we give a shout-out to F.P. Santangelo Jr., who, he helped, awesome. who hooked us up and yeah. got us in to the stadium to begin with so we can interview Pop? So we appreciate that, F.P. Good job producing Pop and Lund.
0: You know, I thought Ogden and uh, Greg Papa's son, Derek, were good producers, but I, I, I can feel the vibe that guy's got a chance
1: to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Whatever he wants to do. So uh, this has been a long time in the making. We interviewed Greg on the podcast today, which we'll get to. But first, we'll tell you, this podcast is brought to you by... Ease.com? Ease.com and EaseWellness.com, as we're standing out in right field by McCovey Cove. EaseWellness.com, of course, the promo code's HAM. Well, we
0: found out that Greg Papa's a long user of Ease.com. Of course he is. Most people are. Ease.com, promo code HAM, but we're just telling all the people around us. Also, that's, you know, it's got pre-rolls, vapes, everything you need. But also, CBD, I'm sure a lot of people at this yard right now, what do you think, about 30,000 people? Give it, Oh, there's, <laughs> there's Raider the Pan right there. CBD's big, easewellness.com, promo code HAM, $20 off, over $50. I mean, come on, it's, it's, it's such an easy purchase to make.
1: Also, oh! this podcast brought to you by manscaped.com. We won't say who, but a local sports team's one of a, a high-ranking executive texted us yesterday on a group, group text to say uh, they heard the Manscaped ad and, and they're interested. We're thinking about getting him one,
0: and when we do, it will be manscaped.com. We'll go to promo code HAM, and we, guy, we will get him the Lawn Mower 2.0 because the Lawn Mower 2.0 is as good as it gets. No nicks, no cuts, down in the uh, you know, the family area where you need to keep it clean, and sometimes you nicks, cuts, or you, know, you don't, want, don't want any bleeders. Lawnmower 2.0 avoids all that. It has it all. Manscape.com promo code ham twenty percent off. Again, That's, we're just promo code ham. Yeah, Anything you use, ham. try promo code ham and it might work.
1: Yeah. Manscape. You can make it with an ED just yeah, so people manscaped.com. know. And and I don't know if they're back on the pod. I mean, this is the week they're on the pod. So if you're gonna if you're in. thinking about it, you can't wait till next week. Support yeah. it now. They may be
0: back, but we know they're here now. I thought about bringing my used Manscape because I'm like, should I give Papa a gift? Yeah. And the only manscape GIF I would have had with the lawnmower 2.0, but I'd already used it, so it's like, can you do that? No, I don't think you can. <laughs> no, and I didn't, and I, and I didn't. So again, ease.com, easewellness.com, manscape.com, promo code ham.
1: Anything we should say before we go to the uh, Greg interview? I mean, this is when, this is Wednesday, so it's coming out Thursday morning. We'll put it out. Um, we watched Hard Knocks. Maybe we'll do a Friday morning pod. Well, a qu- couple quick takes on Hard Knocks. Okay. I, I, you know, I was very down on the first episode. You were. You you just got what you kind of expected, not much. I bet on HBO slash NFL no! Films. Just coming our way? No. 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 Oh, no. Rob, boy, Robbie
2: yeah,
1: Gross <laughs> I got a jersey.
0: Ioannis. I will you agree with me that that episode was fantastic oh. last night? Just Gruden on tilt. Just yeah. It, I mean, it was. It was better. It yeah. was a lot of Gruden. It was a lot of Gruden,
1: which is what you want. Which is what that's all I wanted, guy. But you didn't get that much Antonio Brown drama.
0: But, I, got, but I, I will give them credit. I thought they weren't gonna touch on it at all. They embraced it kinda. Kinda. They didn't talk as much about the helmet. But I thought his circumcised feet was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I thought Gruden He was the, pretty proud of that line. The one shot in the meeting where he's like, Any of y'all seen Antonio? My friend. <laughs> My friend Antonio. I miss him man. That was as good of a, I mean that's that was outstanding. I also thought guy, the interaction, this made me really happy, the interaction with McVeigh about trading the players. Just how
1: I saw that tweet. That was a good tweet.
0: innocuous he was about it, but kinda of serious, like I'm in control. You want any of my guys?
1: <laughs> you know. Well he was like, should we do any trades? Like, well let's see how next few days of practice. So right. yes is the answer. I'll
0: watch your guys, you watch mine.
1: You want a quick takeaway that I have, big picture?
0: Yeah. Tell me Sean McVeigh doesn't do Monday Night Football one day. I mean, he's just he might be so good as a coach; he right, may never leave. Right. But if are there an ex- if you were if Guy Haberman was a TV executive, would you hire Sean McVay in t- five years?
1: Absolutely. I, I'll tell you, my thought was, people who think we only hate on the Raiders, I don't blame Mark Davis for giving John Gruden the contract he gave him. Well, they're hard
0: knocks. They they you couldn't have put them on hard knocks without John Gruden. But I
1: just mean like you watch John Gruden operate, and you go, okay, you can have him or you don't. Do you want him? You go, yeah, okay, but this is what it's going to cost. I don't blame them for a oh second. Oh, my God, guy. Matt Chapman.
0: Yeah! Caught yeah! it. He I will like... watch it fly.
1: Oh, he caught it? I couldn't see from here.
0: Matt Chapman's pretty good. Yeah, Did it go I'm out? I'm
1: with you. I think. I that think
0: I was I, caught. We just saw multiple. Yeah, it was a great catch by Pilar. He's like my Ken Korak there? Yeah, it wasn't bad. He will watch it fly. Can I be your Vince? Absolutely. What would I say? He's
1: had some great good, contacts.
0: Great catch by Pilar. Or you wouldn't say that on HBO. You'd be like, hey, it didn't go out, Ken.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> G- good cut there by Chapman. Uh, Ken Hall of Famer. I thought that Gruden, you saw the, uh, what I wanted to see, the asshole. But also, like, he was a dick to, to uh, what's it, the two backups. But then he's also trying to be nice. Like, I like you guys. I want you to succeed. Stop letting me down. But I got to tell you, I don't buy the, I'm just screaming at you to build up your confidence. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. I don't think. Well he just needs them to be louder, guy. They're too quiet. Well, I, I know, but just they're like, I'm yelling at you to build up your confidence. And do then you know they get I,
1: then they only get more sheepish after that. You know that. what
0: else I thought? Is it kind of weird in a in a way as a human, not as a player, but as a human, being Derek in that situation, where the two guys on both sides are getting their ass ripped, you're not getting touched, you're you're a made guy making twenty-five million, but you're probably like pretty close with them, right? You just spend a lot of time with them. You just kind of stay silent. You just kind of, yeah, guys, we got it. We got it, coach. But, you don't, but you don't really care about it. It's in a kind of a weird spot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you play the good cop, I think. Like, hey, man, you just got to yeah. get in that book. You just got to get in that book, man. Glenn, gl- 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 just get a little louder. We're good, man. You you know the plays. I you see sh- it. I see you ripping it. Just got to get in that playbook, man. Let it
0: rip. Let it
1: rip. Yeah.
0: Let it rip.
1: <laughs> All right. Should we get on to our conversation with Greg Papa? <laughs> yeah, it's long, isn't it? Long yeah, enough. it was a long time. It went, it went for... But he had time. I couldn't ask for a
0: better day. We met him at AT ATT. We got to go to the Gotham Club. This was a productive
1: Wednesday Oracle. Uh, productive productive Wednesday. One thing I understand is while we're interviewing him, I guess we should say this, is like there's a window that fans can see us, and so many people were because it was Greg, were stopping, or because it was the hand pod. We're stopping to take photos, waving, all kinds of stuff like that. There were a lot, did you notice how many pictures were getting taken in this conversation? A lot, yeah. You had a perfect view because you were yeah. looking at it. He Luckily, we had. it was a good move for us to have his back to the window. Otherwise, he would have been posing for photos all day. Do you
0: think in the history of the Warriors, A's, Giants, Niners, Raiders, you'll ever have a guy be the voice for all five? I guess, was he ever the voice of the Giants?
1: He was a Giants broadcaster. I doubt he would call himself the voice of the was Giants. Was he the voice of the A's? Yeah, although like he says in this conversation, he tends to give that to the radio guy. He was the TV guy, but yeah, he was the TV voice okay. of the years. But he was the voice of the
0: Raiders. He's now the voice of the Niners, and he was the voice of the Warriors. What do you, you think? You consider him voice of the Warriors, then? Yeah, because yeah. it felt like probably more than the eight. Yeah, it's...
1: What do people think we're doing here, standing out here by McCove? in the ball? We're in the ballpark, right by the right field foul pole, recording all this. I
0: mean, probably just doing something millennial on social media. A couple crazy, <laughs> yeah. crazy dudes, just taking it all probably in. Probably go down.
1: All right, here we go, Greg Papa. Well, John, we are here in the CanBR bunker at Oracle <laughs> Park with Greg Papa, the most wanted man in Barry. So <laughs> I'm hiding in a bunker. Yeah, you heard all guests of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast get a free ease. Oh, order. I, is that true? Promo code Ham. Free one?
2: I thought well, it was a discount. I was going to bring him is, a free but
0: roll, but I would assume he came back, and so I didn't want to. I did bring him some uh, some koozies. Okay, good. Some some my my first Coopsies.
2: time in a bunker. I've heard of Hitler's bunker, Saddam Hussein's bunker. Didn't work out well for us. <laughs> no, 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 it did <laughs> no. I hope this goes better.
0: <laughs> I was going to bring him the Manscaped, the lawnmower 2.0, that lawn yeah. doesn't read for yeah. too, but I'd already used it. I, you know, I didn't know and if you would you're, take you're, a, you're, no, it. Your more,
2: C-section more, head more, is looking. Oh, more, down lower? More lower. Uh, yes, come, so, on, yeah. come on. Man. That's the after. Go Neds! His head is the
1: after of Antonio Brown's feet. Oh, man. post circumcision. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you did a podcast? I mean, has it been since the uh, uh. the happy hour? Well, I,
2: I think I did one with Matt Steinmetz. Okay, I did one years ago. The happy hour sale, Castaneda. We met at the bar in Oakland. That, that was the enticing. Oh, I there. I listened to that. Oh, that's right. Uh, but more yeah. importantly, what was the you and, the three of us did? I think a week of radio together. Yeah. Was it a solid? Did we make it all the I way. To it was Monday like two weeks. Fr- no, I think it was one. Well, we, we. I think it, it was, was supposed c- to be two and I said I can't, I can't work with cough <laughs> first. And who I, was the
1: guest that we had on that just – do you remember who it was who came on and the two of you just – Fought? We, we, no. no. Middle oh, call. it was, just it was Peter Vesey. That. That's right. Oh, it was Peter Vesey. It was, Peter Vesey. Vesey. Yeah. Yeah.
2: was it about Mark Jackson? No, you guys were just – It was just a deep kind of – No, but it was your, just
1: deep basketball stuff. But it was also – there was something about an audition for like the NBA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: I I mean, Peter hoop de Peter Vesey, he kind of changed uh, television sports as far as pre and post games. He was Will McDonough was the first, as far as a sports writer on TV. But along the same uh, genre or thought, NBC hired Peter to do when the NBA went to NBC and Costas hosted, and they took it away from CBS for years. Peter Vesey had a column in the New York Post or the Daily the Post called Hoop du Jour. He used to fax it uh, out. If you, didn't, when you weren't in New York, he'd charge you. Skip Bayless did that, too, with his column in Dallas. So Vesey on the East Coast, I remember in the old days, I had a fax machine in my office. Two
0: individuals, not Yeah, companies. you'd have to
2: pay for it. So uh, so he'd send it at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. So at 5 o'clock in the morning, my fax machine is like, Arr! sounds like the dryer getting ready to start spitting out the Hoop de Jour. So I love Peter. So years ago, we go in to audition for a role on NBC's coverage and it was Marv Albert me and Peter Vesey and I remember at the end of it I was a wise ass I said Marv you did really well you'll probably get the job and he was like you know obviously the staple they didn't hire me uh they hired Peter but uh so I've known Peter forever and ever and ever and I think most of the conversation that day was about Mark Jackson who I was not a fan of yeah and And he's uh, tight with I remember well when the Warriors first hired Mark Jackson. I remember going down to do an interview with Mark and Peter Vesey, and uh, Vesey grabbed, you know, put his arm around me, and you're going to love Mark, wait till, you, wait till you're around Mark. And I'm like, okay, if Vesey likes him, and uh, a few years later, uh, I did not like a lot of what Peter put in his column. They used to call him Ten Percent. Ten percent of it turned out to be true. Uh, okay, he wasn't nails 10 with 10 his information, bru- no, 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 but because he talked about things like today, like in the NFL. You know, Rap Sheet and, yeah. and Schefter—they're—they're you know, talking about all these things. If—if ten percent of it manifests in a trade, that's good because they talk about all these transactions anyway. Uh, Peter's uh, scouting report on Mark Jackson was zero percent correct. So, yeah, I was good tell- memory guy. I, I remember that. that it, was, is, it was
1: a fun week. I, yeah. I wasn't even going to bring that week up. I'd forgotten. Yeah, I think about.
0: a week yeah. later, the Raiders fired me. And then they came really? out. it was no, years later I, I, I don't
1: went.
2: Know. No no I, I remember the day we got,
0: we got two of the three in this room have been relieved of I their remember, duties by I the end of the
2: day you were going to get fired <laughs>
0: Thanks for was telling when me. they
2: were when this Vegas story first broke I was on a hike and I don't think I was doing the show that day I don't remember I remember hiking and I'm listening to you and you had Andy Dolich on and you guys were snickering about Vegas, they're yeah. not gonna go to Vegas. Yeah. And I remember texting. We you were ten like, percent oh, wrong oh. about that one. The Vegas yeah. thing may happen. Well, so I, we, I remember when the seeds were planted in the firing of Middle class.
0: Well, when it, it really got contentious, there was a day when Vinny Bonsignor, he's is From a type, LA? he's a good friend of Mark Davis. And yeah. uh, that's back when he worked for the O. C. Register, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he had tweeted a story. And this was on like a Saturday morning. And I had just quoted it and blasted it. And Bedane. oh my God, he caught, He was furious. And did he texted you that day? He called me called multiple him. times. Yeah. And uh,
1: Well, what did you say? Like Vinny's in the pocket or something well, like
0: yeah, that? Well, yeah, just, and I, I would never, and I don't regret this at all, like you, who say you don't regret your comments. I was standing up for the people in this area, for the fans in this area. I don't care about Vegas. And it, it, and it clearly kind of the way it all worked out is I get it. And I understand from a business standpoint, they they don't have the money and they had to move, but I don't regret standing up for the people that are season ticket holders that are family friends of mine that were going to get screwed by it. What was it? Yeah. What were you supposed to do? You well, live but here. I think that This the, is my I
2: remember your initial show with Andy and the thought process, and it tells you how far sports has changed. And Andy Dolich, I mean, Andy's one of the people I respect the most. I work for the A's. You know, they had Andy running the business, Sandy running the baseball, and Tony running the field. It was like things were good—the Holy Trinity. Yep. And I love Andy, but he was—he was laughing at the concept that you're going to put a professional sports team in Las Vegas. No way. And I, you know, at that time, I didn't know whether it was something we should embrace or not. Look at how far sports has changed. Obviously, the Vegas Gold Knights and hockey is just a trial balloon. Well, why won't and the now, A's
0: end up there? One well, day?
2: now we have legalized gambling. Uh, in some states, and I think eventually, you know, Vegas won't be Vegas anymore. You won't need to go to Vegas or Atlantic City. You can do it here. And That's- to some degree, I don't, I don't gamble off, you know, on websites, but you can do it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of naive to it. But the concept was, you can't take a team there. Yeah. And the reality is, whether or not they were going to leave Oakland, and it's sad to me for all the reasons you stated, but I think it's what they need to do. But the real, you know, the, the next frontier or is the opening of Vegas, and I think, I think Al would have been completely on board with Vegas. He loved Las Vegas. He had birthday parties, his 75th birthday party. He would bring a lot of radio reunions there. Were all held in Las Vegas. But I, the bottom line is I think the league is embracing it because of the entertainment element of the gambling, and now they can get a slice of that pie, right. so it's going to make them all more money. But to the football stand, standpoint, I just don't know if you can win there. I don't know if you could ever create a true home field advantage I worried about the players living there but I think that's no Henderson's a good area they're, they're you're not all going to be living
0: players can do whatever yeah, they want yeah but you're not all going to be on
2: the strip every night when yeah. you live all there UFC and guys I think it actually there. could be an advantage a lot like Miami and right. New Orleans is when the other team comes in. But
0: they only come in for a short period of
2: time. But you miss Still. curfew. I remember the, the Raiders didn't do well in Miami. You we missed curfew. ever won there. Well, I can, I can miss curfew. There is I'll, no I'll curfew. Make, I'll make Sunday at 1 o'clock. <laughs> I don't have to make Friday night at 11. I ain't making that. Have you ever so,
0: not slept for a game you called the next day?
2: Uh, what do you mean not slept?
0: Like just been I out mean, all very, night?
2: Very minimal sleep. But I'm just saying yeah. literally no sleep yeah. and called the game. Uh, I mean, we're talking minutes. Yeah, uh, I remember a game in. Uh, give us the game. I remember uh, New York, Madison Square Garden, uh, day game. He doesn't discriminate sports, off. NBA. NFL. Uh, I actually met my wife that night, I, 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 so it turned out to be a good trade. Uh, I, I remember the. Class, I was talking
0: NFL when you kick oh, off in no. the morning. You uh, NBA New Orleans, this New game Orleans at night. We, had a, we
2: had a game in New Orleans, um, and I'm always so well prepared. But oh, it's yeah, New Orleans. Well, just I remember that. being out with actually Janikowski didn't. Make, Janikowski got in trouble Friday night before the game. And I remember sitting at the bar, and, I, and the curfew was like at 12, and I'm like, Sebastian, go back to your room. Just make curfew. What are you doing? And he wouldn't do it. And he, and I remember that game was hard uh, to make that. I remember right away, uh, Andre Risen caught a touchdown pass, and the game was just a screamer. Uh, Lance Johnstone, the old Raider linebacker, yeah. broke Aaron Brooks' New Orleans quarterback. Mm. He broke his leg or something like in the first minute of the game. And it was just, I, I was looking for a 6-3 or a 2 nothing quiet game. It was in like five minutes. I was like, oh! But the classic story, and this is when I was really young. And I, you got to understand, I, I went into the NBA at age 21. So I was just, a, I was a kid. You know, I, I had to act very mature. 84? But uh, yeah, my first year in Indiana, I was 21. But I remember being on one road trip. I remember a couple in, one in Chicago where Barnett and I went directly from Rush Street to the bus uh, to go to the next city. Got Jim could lose. Well Jim was young then. And then I remember one vividly where and I had a bunch of my high school buddies were in the room with me so they tell the story forever and ever. Where I I was calling the front desk for a wake up call. It wasn't the, you know, the days of smartphones and you had to call the front desk for a wake up call. And I called uh, for a wake up call for six AM and the operator said, Sir, it's five fifty eight and I said, You better ring twice. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is a true story, but I don't think we had a game the next day, so I think I could catch you get to up, slip it so. off. Yeah, was that? I mean,
1: when you think about like that first year in the NBA, were you less likely to do things like that at 21 years old, or were you more likely to live the NBA life? Oh, at 21 I, I, years
2: I remember Eddie Doucette. Uh So I did Pacers radio, and Eddie did Pacers TV. Uh, and Eddie's, Eddie's the guy uh, who came up with Skyhook for Kareem. He was the voice of the Bucks. For years, um, and he's a great NBA broadcaster, we traveled together for that year. And I remember him telling me, you're not going to live till you're 30. I said, the hell I won't. So, but, it, you know, at that time, we, I was traveling with Bob Slick Leonard, who was one of the ultimate, uh, I could tell you uh, stories about Slick uh, for hours.
0: Feels was like the nicknames were better in the 70s. Well, he was 80s. a very good he coach. He was an
2: ABA championship coach, but he was so much fun. And I remember, I've actually, when I was doing the Pacer games, I remember going to Oakland and Jack London Square for dinner with him. And I, I didn't really know. I was so naive. I'm a kid from Buffalo, New York. I'm like, I didn't really know where even Oakland was. I mean, think about that now. I've lived my whole life here. I didn't know where Oakland was to San Francisco and San Jose. I'm like, I didn't know they were all together. Have you ever been out here? No. I mean, just to, well, when I first came out here to do games, I knew L.A. was in Southern California. But I didn't know, like, Oakland and San Francisco. I guess I did, but... I was naive anyway. We went out to dinner and Slick, he didn't order dinner. He ordered cocktails and they bought him two at a time. So, I mean, things have changed then. Uh, But that, you know, we did, we picked our spots, but I was young. Uh, So I, you know, there, there were a few games I did. I remember doing A's, you know, A's games sometimes. And, uh, it depends where you were. If so it let's was New go York crow- or Boston. Hungover? Or, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, or, or still question, drunk? Went, you know, like Mickey Mantle would hit the middle ball. Right. I, I would call them David middle Wells. Ball. So I mean, but <laughs> it's amazing how you could function, and and sometimes you're really better that way. Now I lose my voice. Yeah. So I can't. I remember one year bringing up stories where I was out with Tolbert and Mullen and Jim Peterson. We were at a New York club, and we'd do the game in New Jersey the next night and the game goes like quadruple overtime it was the same night christian leitner made that shot on the you know the play for duke i remember watching it on the scoreboard and uh yeah. So there there have been a few games where I was slightly well, I
0: thought Madden had a great quote in that first hard knocks where he said we'd use a seven man sled to yeah. cure the hangover.
2: Without question. And
0: everyone kind of laughed, but it's like he's dead serious. Oh. That whole team. You kidding me? Would you put the mid seventies Raiders or maybe the crew the late eighties, early nineties Lakers? Uh Warriors with you, oh, Nellie, no, Saint, no, no, no. Tom, no, Mullen.
2: No, no, that's 70s Lakers. seventies uh, Raiders.
0: Would you say that takes well, the eighties
2: Showtime Lakers? as far as sex appeal from the owner dr bus to jerry west to pat riley to magic i mean that i always wanted to do it i think a great many series would be uh the the sexual escapades did of you show me a story Lakers. once about dr bus having room sex and, in the training room yeah and magic and, and they were all stemming uh, michael cooper laughing i went in to interview kareem and I interviewed Kareem. He wouldn't even turn his back, his face to me. He, was, he had his back to me the whole time. So I went in and I... I Jerry on top? No. So I was interviewing Kareem, but I'm reaching around him to interview him. He would not He would not turn around. I said, you ready to start? He goes, yeah, go ahead and start. I'm like, how, how do I start? It wasn't on TV. It was radio. So I had to like reach around Kareem. So anyway, while we finished that, I remember them all like giggling. And they're like... I remember Michael Cooper running through the locker room laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? So I was waiting for uh, to get up the courage to approach Kareem for an interview I'm peeking in there, uh, and Gary Vita was a longtime trainer. Yeah, the owner was having sex, uh, but that was common, I think, at that time. <laughs> but the seventies. 70- like on a training <laughs> table, on the trainer stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I remember uh, he would. Doctor Buss was well known. You know, he was. Uh, they had to be. I remember being at the bar in Marina Del Rey, and I was hanging out with like eight, you know, young women. I was young then, and I'm like, How? you know, and they all were. They all refer to themselves as uh, friends of Doctor Bus. <laughs> like what does that mean? I was so naive. I didn't know anything. So, but all those teams. Can you imagine if I was the voice of the Raiders and not Bill King in the it's about 74, the 70s, 75. hanging out with twos and Lyle Elsdale? <laughs> I mean Snake and Volitnikov. You're talking about Madden. So the famous story is the uh, Super Bowl eleven in Pasadena. They're not. They're not Snake and Freddie Volitnikov are not coming in to the locker room for the game. And on sunday it, it's the day of the game you know so they're madden's pacing and he happens to walk out looking for them and they do come in and he doesn't see them but the old the story was that uh you know they 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 ran like a, you know a little uh how do i say this uh a uh, a quad formation you can say whatever the fuck they, you want they, here they ran a quad <laughs> formation and uh, Freddie thought it should go two by two. And, <laughs> and Snake decided to go trips left and one. And it was three on one. So they were they were all mad at each other. So they didn't talk. And Belindikov winds up being the Super Bowl MVP. And they run 17 Bob Trejo up their butt all day long. And uh, the great thing is the great Jim Marshall didn't have a single tackle in that Super Bowl. But anyway, yeah. So that – can you imagine hanging out with that 70s Raiders team? Would
0: that be the team Oh, that my you- God.
2: How about <laughs> Filippiano – I mean, think about that team: Bolitnikov, Van Egan, Banizak, Snake. I, I, I grew up idolizing Snake. Uh, I, whenever I was around him, he was always so nice to me. But I wanted them to tell the Snake drinking stories, right? And he, he had a a, a new woman in his life, and I like, think he found God. He didn't want to. So I was like, can "We, can you go over the green room, <laughs> correct, Kenny? Tell me the, tell me the Pasadena Super Bowl Eleven story." Or a couple times he would before he passed, he'd. He'd regale me with the stories.
0: What about some of the stories when you were... So what year did you get here?
2: I moved here in August of 1986.
0: So was Montana, Clark, and some of those guys still going strong in town? Oh, yeah,
2: but I didn't hang with those guys. Uh, I did go when I was a kid. You got the Warriors job in 86? Yeah, I was hired uh, in 86, went to work the fall of 86. But I did... uh, I mean, my Super Bowl, my 49ers connection then was... Speaking of Will McDonough, his son, Sean McDonough, was my roommate and uh, f- best friend through college. Uh, you guys he, were roommates in college? Yeah. Well, we not the first year. We were on day, day hall, sixth floor together. And then we wound up, well, we did the Syracuse Chiefs AAA baseball together for two years. I fired him, rehired him. We fought. Anyway, um, his father's Will McDonough, one of yeah. the greatest sports writers ever. Very well connected. And through Al Davis, which is interesting. And the Syracuse Connections, Sean was set up at Syracuse pretty well. So anyway, uh, Will hires us. So Sean and I drive from Syracuse to Pontiac, Michigan for Super Bowl 16. And Will gets us, uh, Mr. McDonough, gets his jobs. I was on the 49ers sideline of the 27-yard line. Sean was on the Cincinnati Bengals sideline of the 27-yard line. And we were just there. It was in the Dome in case anything happened. Like Forrest Gregg called down, thought the, the coach of the Bengals – thought the uh the air conditioning should be up and it was there was something it was too miss out of what he wanted he wanted something changed so Sean, i didn't have to do anything but i stood at the 27 yard line right below on the field joe montana's grandmother and joy clark's girlfriend which was at the time was miss universe the, she the, probably looked the pretty immortal good. uh kim weatherly <laughs> so whenever i was around joy clark i just wanted to hear <laughs> miss universe story so he would uh is this going to be a family friendly podcast at yeah, all? Yeah, they're, no? they're all family. <laughs> this is, is there, one there, of the
1: more family friendly ones we've done yeah, so do, far. Really? No, no. Wow. But cussing's all right. allowed. All right. All right. So you were yeah. on the Niner sideline the other day. I watched your interview with Vern on TV before the, before the broadcast. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And Papa's got a swag back? Well, I texted John. I said, I was watching it with my wife, Alyssa. She said, Greg is so excited. Yeah, I will. And I said, yeah he's, yeah, he's, 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 it looks to me like his, the physical body cannot contain the emotional <laughs> body were you ner- were you nervous at all? what no. were you feeling
2: no I wasn't nervous I wasn't nervous at all um, I, I, I think my approach for that game and you could tell me if it was right or wrong and I, I thought going into the game so the first broadcast I did TV only which I have not done in the NFL going back to when the early 90s or late 80s I think when John Robinson was the coach of the Rams and I did I actually filled in with Joel Myers who I replaced you on replaced, the Raiders yeah. as the voice of the Raiders, Joel. He replaced Bill? Uh, yes. So uh, Bill retired. I was fired by the Raiders. And uh, a guy that hired me, by the way, to do the Warrior Games, Roger Blameyer, who I love, and Niederlander fired Bill King as the voice of the Raiders. They hired Joel Myers for five years. And then, anyway, I replaced Joel. Joel missed a Rams I came in to do one game. So, anyway, I had, I had not done – Pure TV, NFL, except for that one game, and that's you know thirty years ago. I done whenever I did the Raiders on television, it was a simulcast. So my thought, and I'm sure my presentation was very different to a lot of people on Saturday night, but it was my thought that I was going to be more. And I was joking with John on radio before on KNBR that I was going to be more Pat Summerall. You're too young to remember Ray Scott, but I was going to be you know very much uh, Mullins, Mostert. First down. Right. It was going to be that because that's to the you know 20. television. Television, you don't scream and yell. No. So I well, knew Augustus. I knew my true. what was required of me was going to be less, and I was going to let Tim Ryan the and television, the analyst is the star, Yeah. right? Not not the play by play guy,
0: Aikman, Romo, because
2: you're used to because television in the NFL are national bro- or, or regional, but they're network broadcast. Right. In the preseason, you have each team doing the game. But in the regular season, what we're used to listening to is not a local and like the NBA, Major League Baseball is different. The NFL, the networks have the rights. They assign two guys to do it to both markets or other markets. So the presence, but people are used to listening to the NFL on television is different. So my mindset going into that game, I'm not going to have to do much here. It's going to be very easy. I'm going to back off and but I was excited. I was not nervous at all, not at all, partly because I haven't Tim and, you know, what a great pro he is. So uh, I wasn't nervous in this slight. I was, you know, leading up to it, but actually on game day, I was extremely calm and uh, maybe too calm for some because it wasn't my usual. I will be that way a little more on Monday when they play in Denver, when it'll be just me and Tim on radio. But my mindset that game was to be very understated And probably different than a lot of people are used to, but I was not. I was excited. I was just. I'm. I I love the NFL. Uh, I love all sports. But if you had to line up three screens, or even four, and put hockey there, and it was a football game, basketball, baseball, hockey game, I'm watching the football game. I got one eye. You know, I got an eye on the other games, but I'm. I'm recording the football game, and I'm going to watch it back. And I I watch. How many games are played? 256 during. I, I. I watch. I watch a portion of probably every single one. Uh, I used to watch back every single one uh, when they used to have the quick, you know. Then they still have that on. on it's a the little app.
0: longer now. It's like forty-five minutes. Yeah, it used to be. The uh, it used what to they be call a quick? What they call a condensed quick, version?
2: There used to be a thing that uh, Directv did. I think they still do it. Where you could watch it back in like twenty-eight minutes, which yeah. is a little bit too quick for me. Yeah, it's fast. I want to see a little bit of formation, and but I no, I, I was excited. You're exactly right because I got I got to call the NFL again. Well,
0: have you thought about this? You obviously the Raiders meant a lot to you. You were a staple of that organization for a long time. That was the only way to watch them or hear them because they weren't they get blacked out, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to call it a breakup. There's a breakup with Greg Pop and the Raiders. You're nowhere to be found. You know, I mean, you're somewhere to be found for the year, but you're not calling NFL games, which means a lot to you, as you said. And because of the market you live in, like if you had been in Seattle, you had been the voice of the Seahawks. There's the 32 NFL or 31 NFL teams were other places. There happens to be a team. 30 minutes away from your house. And it's the San Francisco 49ers, and it's, and it's the, the five-time
2: Super Bowl champions. It's
0: the bigger team it's in that is, in your own market. It's
1: amazing. And Bob Sargent loves
0: you. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like going from the Mets and I to the love Bob. I mean, this is not a shot at the Raiders. People are going to it's like going no, from the Mets I, to the I, Yankees. I, I, and, and
2: or the Clippers the Lakers. I know some things were written and I, Tim Kawakami and I are I, I respect Tim. Uh we've had some moments where we've jabbed at each other because we're both opinionated loudmouths and big-headed alphas. But um this was never anything I had in my mind at all. Zero. Uh, you would
0: have done the Raiders till you I, died, I, right?
2: You know, and I, I the, the Vegas situation was going to be an obstacle or some degree, but I, I was not ruling out going to Las Vegas. I remember talking to Chris Mullen, and he's like laughed, like, "Yeah, like you're real disappointed about going to Vegas to do a game on Sunday, fly in Friday night. have I mean, you go Friday night, hang out, if see Musk a Burger show on Saturday." Here.
0: Was Mullen offering to be your staff well, guy? I mean, he's like, I mean, "I'll come no, with you." Chris,
2: stay away from Vegas. That's not good. But I, so I, I didn't know how it was going to work logistically because my my professional life is a jigsaw puzzle, you know, because I got a lot of kids and a lot of the payroll. And I, you know, even doing <laughs> payroll, No, honestly, even when they're out of the I house, they are still on the payroll. Yeah. So Is I, Derek I, you still know, I've, the payroll No, he's off. He's on the one that's <laughs> okay. completely off now since, we, NFL came, Network, since baby. we moved him out of the house. <laughs> no, but anyway, it's, um, my life's a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. I, I work at night. I work in the day. The radio show works cause it allows me. So there was going to be one more obstacle, but I, I never, my thought was because of my love for Al was to do the Raiders forever, but you know, Al's not alive, and the organization changed, and I'm no longer – I don't fit there. And I, yeah. I didn't fit there for a long, long time. You know, like John Herrera didn't fit there anymore. John King didn't fit there anymore. Amy Trask didn't fit there anymore. I could give you a whole list of but, people. But it hurt
0: you deep when that happened, well, it, it, even um, though you knew, because, I mean, I
2: – Yeah, but the timing of it. Um, but to your point about the, the Bay Area, and when I moved here in August of 86, I didn't go on the air till October. Literally, I was here, and I, I didn't know all about it. I'm like, you know, Lake Tahoe's two hours away. I can ski. You got, you know, Monterey and Carmel to the south. I mean, it's just like it's like a country. Uh, anything you want. Where I live out in the East Bay is 100 degrees today. You come to the city, and it's 65. I mean, this it's is 75. Like 70. 75 It's 75. 75 today. Not, but it's most, I mean, I can drive. I can leave here. It's 65. Or I've had days where it's 55 here it's and crazy. 95 in my house. But anyway, the Bay Area, I was here two weeks— I hadn't even bought a home or rented a home. And I was living in a hotel. And I said, i got to live here forever. But the reality is, not just the Raiders. And you know, I worked for the Warriors for a long time. They didn't bring me back. I worked for the A's for a long time. They didn't bring me back. And I never had to move. I mean, it's unbelievable. that I, I, And I've got five children. And once they reach a certain age, which is kindergarten, and I didn't want to uproot my, my family their lives are more important than my lives, my life. When you're a parent, there's a point where my life doesn't matter. It's them. I got to protect them. And so to be able to live in an amazing marketplace like this, and I love it for every regard. It's just, it, it fits me so perfectly. Every way way people view sports here is just different than New York. And, I, and I, I love New York. One day when I'm retired, I wouldn't mind going back there to live and Kick around, it'd be great as an old guy to, you know, just walk around the city and go see a play. You think you'd and, be good retired. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I will. I, I'm not going to work forever. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, the Bay Area is amazing uh, for everything you said. That you know, I could. I remember when the A's let me go. Larry Bear called me 15 minutes later and offered me a job. Uh, where the Warriors, I had to go to San Antonio to get a job because Pop called me. So, so but, I told him that's the first time I ever saw Greg Papa I was in San Antonio. Yeah, so, and then, the you know, the, the Raiders thing happens. I didn't know you were doing happens. the A's at the same time. What's that? You were doing the A's at the same time.
1: The A's? The Spurs and the A's. Oh, and yeah, the A's. I, well,
2: my, at the time, when I started doing the Raiders in 97, I was still doing the A's and doing the Warriors. And I wasn't let go by the Warriors until, I'll tell you, it was September the 9th of that year it was the day after the Andre Risen touchdown when Risen, which two references for Risen, this time he's against the Raiders with the chiefs. He gets behind Terry McDaniel and they lose the second game of the year. The next day I got a call that, you know, the Warriors aren't going to bring you back. It was that late. And then Don Nelson calls me a few days later. Uh, he was with the Knicks then and says, you know, Uh, I was just talking to Pop. Would you ever want to go to San Antonio? And I knew Pop well. And then he said, well, hang up. You know, 10 minutes later, Pop called me and brought me to San Antonio. So that was a little bit of a detour. So that year was hard. And I did the Spurs for three years, you know, to make the Warriors a Spurs trio. That was hard to do. But anyway, the Bay Area is so magnificent. To your point, John, I mean, where else could it happen? Where you'd lose an NFL job and then wind up with another NFL job the next year? It's just... That's why the the Bay Area is magnificent for me personally and then in in every regard for my family. I guess
1: Chicago, like Harry Carey was white. Yeah, without
2: he pulled it off. But not – yeah, you're right. But beyond that, how many examples do you have? It's hard. It's not going to happen. No. And these jobs are a privilege. It's not like you just assume, well, I'm going to get that job. They don't don't come around. Guys do those – you know, when you're the voice of a team, it's more than just, you know, are you good or bad or – It's you're identified with that fan base. You're not, you know, those jobs don't open up. You feel like you're the voice of the Niners right now? No, no, not yet. Uh, This weekend's going to be big for me, going there and being around the team. I'm going to fly Friday after the radio show and be there with them all day Saturday and Sunday. I think also doing radio um, will be good because when you are on radio, you really are the voice of the team. But I'm I'm you know it's an adjustment. I know it's an adjustment for a lot of people. I'm doing the game Saturday night and I'm getting texts from Bruce Allen in Washington text me. Tom Gamble, who was with the 49ers forever, is in Ann Arbor with the You with do Harbaugh. any
0: digging on Trent Williams with the status? Well, there? I didn't,
2: I was going to text him back about that. But anyway, you know, they're both texting me like, This is weird. You know, Bruce is like, There's not enough beer in my house. <laughs> so I gotta go out and get more. And I'm like, thanks, dude. I'm like Because it was a national game, wasn't it? Yeah, I was on Netflix Network, so they're all watching. Yeah. And I text Bruce back, you know. He goes, you know, it's just so weird hearing to do the 49ers versus the Raiders. Because Bruce was with You know, you. Al hired me ultimately, but Bruce Bruce and I got really close. Uh, cause Bruce was really involved, not just with the football team and contracts for Al, but he started the Silver and Black show, what I did which I did with John Gruden. And, you know, Bruce and I were very I got close to Al through Bruce. Was Al was kind of looking me up and down, and then Bruce would bring me around. I'd watch practice with Bruce and Al. Anyway, so Bruce is texting me. This is weird. And and then I text him back, you know, because the 49ers are gonna play in Washington in October, and I said, We are playing in October, and again, he writes back, again, weird, you're referring to the 49ers as we, and Tom Gamble <laughs> was a good friend of mine uh, for years and years the same. He's texting me, this is weird. I'm like, thanks, guys. How's the audience feel? So I know it's weird to a lot of people, but it's the weirdest to me, and I'm going to have to, but it's football, and I, I do have great affinity for this franchise and the history of this franchise, going back to the All-American Conference and Frankie Albert and everything. And, of course, obviously Coach Walsh. And I I got to work many games with Coach Walsh. And uh, I remember standing in the rain with him outside of Stanford. It was pouring, pouring rain. And we're just talking football. I mean, it's pouring. And I'm thinking, if he doesn't want to go get an umbrella or run somewhere, I should go to If If Walsh is talking football. So, but, so you know. It is it is going to be a little bit of an adjustment, and I know it's an adjustment for the audience, but it's the biggest adjustments for me. But, you know, we'll all get through it together.
1: Well, but to me it's weird in the moment at 50,000 feet when you look at, you know, your career and you say, well, A's, 1050, 95.7, 680.
2: I'm a higher right? gun, right? Giants. I know, I work yeah, for everybody. Warriors. Yeah. Um,
1: what, have there Has there been a job you really wanted that you didn't get? Or something oh, I, I, you had the opportunity to get that you turned down? Oh,
2: yeah. When I was young, I was obsessed with going to the networks, like we all were. I mean, that was uh, – that, you know, that was – because, of, you know, going to school at Syracuse and there was a Sports Illustrated article written about me when I was a kid, you know, comparing me to Marv and Costas went there and Dick Stockton and, you know, Ted Koppel. Uh, that was the ultimate yardstick was to be on the networks. And for whatever reason, I think, I think it's – like I was saying earlier – Um, the how magnificent the Bay Area is to live. I think it also hurt me when I was younger in my 20s and probably early 30s because it wasn't New York and it wasn't L.A. and Fox hadn't started yet. And then as you grow older, it was far more important to me to be a father and a good father and to be around my kids and shape their lives than it was to be, I mean, at the end of this, I really don't, I really don't, you know, I have no desire to go into any Hall of Fame, or I really don't. I, I know I come off as narcissistic to a lot of people. Many but, of the
0: greats are, though,
2: huh? But, but I, I, and it just I'm a confident person, and I prepare. But really, I don't. My way of looking at it is, no one's better than me, but I'm not better than anyone, and I really believe that. And so, to your question, yeah, I wanted to be the voice of the Yankees, and I remember when I first came out here to the Warriors, I was quoted in the USA Today USA Today column saying that and the owner of the Warriors them, Jim Fitzgerald's like, uh, so you want to be the voice of the Yankees? <laughs> I can make that happen if you want. So anyway, uh, no so yeah, those jobs, but uh, come on. I, I I've 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 lived the most charmed life in so many ways and I've got I've I've been able to live on the in the Bay Area for my entire life, adult life. It's been hard being away from my parents and, and being so far away uh, from the East Coast. But no. I mean ultimately I wouldn't change any of it. The jobs that I lost, the jobs that I've gained, I'm excited about my future. Uh, I really don't have I ever had to work a day in my life. No, I never had a real job. I worked with my brother when he was a sportscaster in Buffalo. I never really had to 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 work. I mean, what well, I I work hard and I you know I, I prepare, but I I don't consider, I don't think I've ever worked. I mean, really worked, you know, dirtied my fingernails. Have you ever done manual labor? No, I hired. I hired someone to do. No, no. the uh, mow Mo lawns count or drive a, just shovel snow? You know, ever no. consider
0: going to practice, watching Jimmy G play, no, digging ditches? Is that
2: manual labor?
0: No. Did you guys see the article about? I think Albert Rear wrote this week in an MQB that Mike Shanahan moved out here last year, and every day during the year last year, like Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, instead of Jimmy game planning, you guys might talk yeah, about on the radio. Yeah,
2: there was there were some articles about that last year.
0: What do you think about Jimmy so far?
2: I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I I, uh, I mean I look at it more like you would as a scout and just a skill set. Um, I don't think he has a discernible weakness as a quarterback. Uh, I think I think he's he's probably better at the unscripted than he is the scripted yeah but I think that the unscripted quality is what makes players great. You know, that's where
0: him and Kyle probably butt heads a little bit. Right,
2: because he wants the ball. And you know, it's all out on time, and there are times when it's not out on time, but I think that's when Jimmy... I know. Like Aaron Rodgers, you know, I sometimes I'm hard on Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback as opposed to an Andrew Luck, who I think fundamentally is so on point. But you have to give it up to Aaron, uh, Aaron's ability with the unscripted. And I think Jimmy is just a gamer. Uh, I don't care about his deep throwing arm. I think it's better than people think. I, I don't see a discernible weakness in his game. Health would be the one thing. But I I also think there's an element that's not scout-oriented. And just look at the skill set that I think he's got it. He's got the it. When he walks in the room, and it's not just his his looks, looks. but it's it's also he appeals to women, obviously. Hair. And he appeals to a group of men. There's a glimmer in his eye. And sometimes I wonder if Derek has that. That's what... You know, I look at, like, Jimmy just has a way about him where he's going to calm. When he gets in a huddle, I think he would have a calming influence where men look at him like this dude is just going to figure it out. And he may drop sidearm. He may backpedal. He may take a hell of a hit from Kiko Alonso. He may not go out of bounds when he should. Those things I think he will correct over time. But he has just a, a gamer. Lights are on. Even the Kansas City game when he got hurt.
0: Well, they started getting their mojo back. I'm not saying
2: they're going to win that game, but I'm not saying they couldn't. And the first half of that game, they don't punt. It's five for five. It's 35. It's like, what's going on? But he's starting. You know, there's a point, even the Minnesota game, that game looked like they were getting boat raced. You go back and watch that game. If he doesn't throw the last pick at the end when he's up against the goal line, I'm not saying they don't have a chance to win that game.
0: The pick six against the Lions could have been a
2: disaster. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, you was. you're right. There was a bad that read there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was I like think, whoa. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the bottom line is yeah. if you build the right football team around him, there's no question he can win the Super Bowl. He so, can he can win. So
1: you're optimistic about this team?
2: Well, this year I, I, I am about him. Now he's got to stay healthy. He can't get hit by Kiko Alonso. He can't put his left foot in the field of play and try to on a on a third and twenty. Try to make it 4th and 9 as opposed to 4th and 10. It don't matter. There's, it's the same play coming up. Don't, don't don't get mad at Steven Nelson. Drop your shoulder and try to run him over. Go to bounce. He knows that now. But um, I think there's some other factors that, that need to be healthy. The offensive line has got to stay healthy, especially on the edges, obviously. McGlinchey and Staley.
0: Well, their center hasn't practiced well, he's, all year. I'm
2: not, I, I don't know if he's going to make it. The he quad's bad. Yeah. He's got, you know, he's got really. some issues there that were, I think, pre-existing from his giant days. So um, Garnett's career, but yeah, ended I think if they fingers. if they're just reasonably healthy, and they they're not even healthy now, uh, I think. Not I, even well, close. I, what, I mean, I know I was interviewing John Lynch the other night. I say normally I, at this time of the year, I say stay healthy. I'm going to say get healthy to you because they're not healthy, but reasonably, John, if they have reasonable NFL health. Is this not a ten-win roster? I think
0: it can be. Yeah, and I think we talked about this earlier on the show earlier this week. Those two rookie receivers they have jump out. I mean, that, the big kid is
2: which one's the big kid? Jalen. Jalen, the tall he, one. He's yeah. unique. Well, my and,
1: point and, was I think he's a better prospect than Pettis, even though he was drafted around later.
2: Different player. Pettis well, in terms is, of is more being the an
1: elite he, NFL receiver. He's got talent. That, that in different guy, ways
2: though, totally different ways. Agree,
1: but I think Pettis' skill set is more complementary to having two other good uh, players. I mean
2: Pettis is special. Are we sure Pettis is good? I don't I don't know. What I makes mean him he's special? oh he hasn't done much he's had a couple of big games well, he's but he's got he's got a punt return yeah, I think I think what, what those two guys are Samuel and Hurd, are physical. Pettis is not physical. If you could just drop a little of those those two guys' physicality on Pettis, they'd he'd be a monster. No. He has natural ability the other two don't have but we're playing football here. I think now uh, they're two are tougher. I mean, just they just, just yeah. might be gamers. Well, like that's to your point
1: on Garoppolo. I know it's only one preseason game, but those two other guys might just be gamers. Yeah, let's not overreact on
2: on. Why not? But those guys because came it, from it, the it, SEC. It, they're big time. I'm, w- not, I'm not saying they're not going to contribute. They are rookies. Pettis has played a season, though. I understand. I understand. His first game, he, he was scored that up. touchdown against Minnesota. on the scramble drill when he got. You know, he went the back of the end zone. I, you know, I, I think there's room. He there's room to grow. There's no question. But that, that that one skill group, wide receiver, does concern me. And I, I look at it and say, I see six or seven NFL players there. But I don't know. If I asked you right now, who's going to lead the 49ers in receptions? Take Kittle out of it. Among the wide receivers, who's going to lead the team in, in receptions and receiving yards? Do you know? I, I could answer one. You could answer one guy, John.
0: I'd guess Debo. Well,
1: if, I it, would guess. I, said, I don't feel good Who about it. Catch a number? I would have said... Trent, if he hadn't broken his okay, foot, okay. Now
2: he's so, so. There's my point. Tell me, Coleman know, could. If you're 80. playing fantasy football, are you taking a wide receiver from the no, 49ers? No, but I am because you don't know. But I am taking. Kittle. Well, I know.
1: But I'll tell you this: you know
0: whose DB group is terrible <laughs> It's the Rams. I, I think what? I, I oh, DB their group. DB group's not good.
2: What? But, but uh, beyond, you let you know they have Talib and Peters. Well,
0: Talib hasn't been the same for a couple of years. Peters is one of the more overrated players in the league. They lost Lamarcus Joyner. Now they got the kid from Washington, Rap. I just don't now. But you saw it Hard Knocks, he can
2: play. When, he's had a good camp. They really. added Weddle.
0: Weddle's, yeah, he's solid. When Abram was making fun of '99, and one of the older guys said, "Bro, don't talk about him." like Aaron that. Donald, yeah, stop making you know. fun of him. <laughs> he's a different dude now. So he's the game changer. I just think that the Rams are going to come back to earth. Now, maybe McVay is is a Bill Walsh. Maybe that's and they're just I always mean, good.
2: I, I think I think Marcus Peters was hurt for a lot of last year. I'm expecting him to play better. Yeah, but I, I, I think it took Wade Phillips a little while to figure out how to use those guys because Marcus wants to play off and Tlaib wants to play in your face, I think you but figured out. But he can only out.
0: play off. That's his deal. And he's Who? a Sante Samuel. He's but a guesser. So
2: let him play off. Yeah, and I think Tlaib, but the, Tlaib's gotten a little stiffer in his hip movement. I think at this stage he can play off. I don't – I think they're – you could have an opinion about their secondary. I think the area that I think you're going to see regression is the offensive line. I mean, they lost Roger Saffold and John Sullivan. The young guys, I know they like Noteboom. and. and uh, they used a couple the, of mid-round picks, right? That's what those. They drafted. Him. I think year. the plan was for them to eventually turn into Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen, but they, to me, the fundamental, most important play in the NFL by far last year was their stretch run to the left with Whitworth at left tackle, Saffold and Sullivan. Two thirds of that's now. gone. Somebody Saffold paid signed them. somewhere. Yeah, Where is he? Paid Tennessee. you know what though? I heard you know Gurley was running that play. Too. I
0: was listening to something, and they were talking to a Rams official, and they say, "You know what the difference is? Last year we would give Saffold and Sullivan the center. We would give them two practices off, sometimes one every day to, uh, during the week,
2: right? So the guys year, have, so and those Wintworth, guys, and Goff probably, was right?
0: used to looking at them in the huddle. Todd Gurley, you know, Robert All the Woods, young guys. they were just a part of the practice yeah. because those guys every Wednesday and even some Thursdays, those guys – so I was like, damn, I'm not as anti their young group anymore. Shaffold
2: is in Tennessee.
0: So, uh, yeah, I just think that the Rams – I, I think it's not crazy that 9-7 and seven wins the division. It usually doesn't happen that way, but I but I think Seattle is just on paper. They're not great now. Their culture's pretty special. I think special. Arizona's going to
2: be better. This quarterback's special.
0: Yeah, but we'll see when a guy like that wins. He couldn't win in college. He's going to come win the coach. The quarterback looks good. The quarterback looks good.
2: Kittle Gronk. Well, Gronk's retired. Yeah. Which what, can Kittle question? be
1: the next Gronk?
2: Oh, totally different. Oh, I, you know, there's some similarities. Kittle's got some game to him off the off the field. Uh, yeah, you're Kittle's... following
1: Kittle in terms of being on this podcast. So oh, you're, you're, is that why? You're in good company. Well, oh, he was
2: on last week? No, nah, he was on recently. He was our last guest. Uh, you had Kittle on this Emma show? Glinchy. Emma Glinchey. Yeah. Emma Glinchey. So who's, who's, who's preceded me here? Kittle so and McGlinchey. Like, we don't do guests. In the pecking order, am I like this is in the not, top Greg, this 20? is not
1: radio. We don't do yeah. – how many guests have we had? Probably less than 10. Probably five in, this year. Three. Wow. In like so three. who's on the Peter list? Peter Schrager, Kittle's Daniel big. Jeremiah.
2: Schrager's big. Yeah. John Lynch. DJ's big. John Lynch. John Lynch. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, am I uh, like
1: the lowest? Nagy, the uh, senior bowl. Oh, we have the senior bowl so, guy. Jim Nagy. Uh, how, do you, how do
2: you quantify this on hits or people go back and watch it back, or listen to it back? How do you – am I like the worst attraction ever? No,
1: I think you're the biggest. Oh, yeah, you're pretty big. Oh, come on. We had Kittle. We had Kittle,
0: but what? What about? We haven't talked about this yet. Getting the band back together with Johnny Lunt.
1: Yeah, that yeah. sounded pretty Lung good. No, no, no. Just you. Were you mad at him when he left? No, no. Did you talk to him? Did you? Congr- uh, Did you congratulate him?
2: It was more of a annulment. <laughs> no, I, would it would not be? It was a trial separation. <laughs> I see. Those three uh, years. Our That's marriage wasn't. Time. No, I, John, and I'm going to take all the partners I've had doing games, because. The game will take you there, right? I mean, it's it's obviously better to have a partner you like and respect, but I work with guys that I've liked and respect less than others, and the game can kind of just take you there. And like you guys get along so well, and it's the reason you continue. When you're doing talk radio, there's no game. You know, you gotta you You gotta gotta make a script yourself. I, I John from the first day I ever worked with him, I remember when we launched 95.7 years ago, we did a show. And I didn't do every one that I did, I think, two a week. But I we wrapped up the show, and I went to then where we are now, then uh, Pac Bell, whatever it was called, then SBC or whatever, Pac Bell, Oracle Park. And I was going to do Giants pregame, so I went on the dugout bench to, to listen to Boach. And John's sitting right there with his recorder, and he's getting sound for the next day. And he just—he's a hard worker, and I—I—I I, I respect people. I respect people for a lot of different reasons, and I'm tough that way. There, I respect you, or I don't. And I, from that moment on, I respected John, and then uh, my respect for him grew every interaction we ever had on the air. He can be geeky and statty, and you know, <laughs> do all that with me, and then he can be fun. And John is just the perfect partner for me. And then, you know, we're contemporaries. I'm a little older than him, but we hung out, went to Super Bowls together. We became friends. And that is so special. in it's like you guys. I mean, so I, when he left, I wasn't mad at him. I, I was mad at our, our administration for not because we, we could have kept him. And I kept saying, you know, I wanted to write him into one of my contracts. I wanted his name specifically in the contract that I would only work with him because honestly, I, Talk sports talk radio is something I've I, I dabbled in, but I'm a play by play guy, and I, the reason I, I've done it as long as I did is because it fit what I do at night, and I don't have to travel, and it just worked you know my schedule where I could I could do it. But if you don't have a partner you like, dear lord, it's a je- now well, I finally to have to do is, manual labor. A which, radio
1: show with somebody you hate is hell. It's,
2: it's almost or just it's not, not very, even not. money's, money's got to be really good. The dude. Money's <laughs> <gotta from> John, <laughs> for all those, but I was never mad at him. But the moment he left, we were always concocting away to yeah, night. I well, Whether when you, he I could be there, he, you're, you're like, here. like LeBron. Well, when you got you're the like LeBron James, I know he says he hates the player movement. No, I don't. Damon you know, Jones. On,
0: when you got the Niners job and yeah. you're on the Oakland station, you knew that. Did no, you? No, that, that's not true. Did you know that
2: you were coming no, to KBR? No, not at all. I was a free agent, and there was a time they all both sides made offers, and the other side's offer was better, but it wasn't. Better enough where I would stay there. Are they, If they would have made me a better offer, at the end of this, you know, when I first went to work. So you for,
0: took less cash to come to the leader?
2: Yeah, a little bit. But, but, but not not necessarily. That'll all work. So I remember years ago when I went to 95.7. Larry, Sounds good. Man. Larry Bear, well, obviously the Giants are on KNVR, he called me not once, not twice, but three times and asked me. First time he was like, hey, I hear you going there. And then uh, you know, how, the, how do we keep you? And then the third third way was you really can't, you know. And I said, Larry, if you I don't I believe me, uh people think I need I'm not I'm not on Twitter. I'm not nearly as narcissistic as I come off. So Greg underscore papa with two no, A's I'm at not the end But anyway, <laughs> I told Larry, uh, if you wanna if you wanna match what they're paying me and put it to the Papa Children College fund, I'll stay home. I don't care. I do this as, I gotta I gotta go to work. You know, so and it's the same way the other way, but and the ultimately, I needed to be on KNBR. Like we did three. You were there for all of them, I think, John. We did three training camp shows from Santa Clara. I need to be around that football team. I'm not even around them enough. Tim Ryan gets to go watch practice every single day. I'm.
0: We got the payroll.
2: You I'm, gotta keep I'm, I'm tied up, up <laughs> between ten and two every day, yeah, because that's what I have to do. But KNBR is going to afford me. Like we're going to do shows. Many shows where all every Thursday we're going to do a show from Santa Clara. Uh, I'm going to be there uh, August 27th. I have to do a 49er event. We're going to move the show down there. There's going to be many shows. So, I mean, beyond the money of it, uh, the monetary situation, I, I would have stayed at 95.7 if they had made it, you know. But, uh, you know, the midday show, they're not going to, they're going to pay so much. You yeah. know, we're not. Anyway, but the bottom line is I, I need to be around the football team as much as I possibly can be around the football team, the 49ers. And to work for the flagship station affords you access that I was not going to get. Like, when we did shows last year at 95.7, uh, and I had to do 49ers pre and post from Levi's. We'd move the show down to Levi's, Santa Clara. Yeah. I did it from hotel. hotel. Yeah. Now we'll do it from, you know, John office. Like who Lynch's you want, office. Jimmy Garoppolo
0: or Richard Sherman? Right. yeah, it's different. We'll take them
2: both. So, yeah, I mean, what? But, but no, with the moment I signed with the 49ers, it was not required that I switch. But it, it it made a lot more sense for me professionally, obviously.
0: Do you think Haberman's next voice of the Niners once you retire? Can we start grooming? Well, that's not going
2: to be for a while. <laughs> that's not going to – Unless it, you want it that's now. That's the right answer. Well, Bruce, right make sure bro- they send the checks to Derek and Nicholas and <laughs> Alex and Danielle. When and Eric, Derek like, was off the payroll. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. When Mustard, Musker... <laughs> No, he is. He's probably listening. <laughs> Completely <laughs> off the payroll.
0: He's at NFL Network. That's he pretty loved, cool. Can you imagine How that? awesome is that? He I mean, loved, I, know, honestly, Derek, how proud are you? Derek,
2: NFL Network? He, uh, he, but I'm proud for him because he loved it. Derek likes all the sports, but he loves he's a the jungler. NFL. Honestly, he's the one person that knows more about the league in some respects than me. There are nights I'm getting ready for a game, and I'm looking at the other team, and he'll be like... uh I'll text him, like, where's this guy? Like, Roger, you know, where's Roger Sanford? He would know Titans, like, yeah. he would immediately. Where I had to think about it for 20 seconds, you know, Derek, boom, he knows it. So he just, he loves. So to, for him to work for the NFL Network, but you know where I really, really want him to work is uh, NFL Films. at Cherry In Hill. Jersey? Yeah. yeah he like would, Baldinger and yeah, those guys? I mean, if the, if uh, Steve Sable was still alive. Yeah. We could have made that happen, but one day he'll get there.
1: There's some, uh, I guess, some part-time Canberra employees that need to bring equipment in here before oh, they would, before we'll they go OT. That's my boss there. So either How we long pause is this podcast or we let,
2: let them come in, and
1: that's as they come in, we'll, just, we'll wrap that, up that's here. FP's, uh, well, yeah. That's our new producer. Should we go speed around here with Greg? Yeah. This is where we have questions we didn't even think of ahead All of time, right. and then All we right. rattle them off. Uh, Walt Coleman. Oh, God. The quarterback's arm is coming forward. He retired, you know. If he was here, would you say anything to him? Have you talked have you spoken to Walt Coleman? He never worked a Raider game after. He never But I mean if you at a bar. It, Walt I, I don't sitting, think at the you know bar. what? It
2: was not it was not his error. He ultimately got that call correct. And I remember that that play got me as angry as any play uh, ever mm. I remember getting on the Raider charter that night to fly home and we had a de-ice. We didn't leave uh, I think we flew out of Providence that night to the to the daybreak um, I remember getting on that plane and going up to Al Davis and say fly this plane to Pittsburgh They and Al said right away immediately said tuck rule he knew the rule immediately actually Walt Coleman wasn't incorrect although I think you know it's supposed to be speed round this is yeah. a bad one to start on <laughs> Brady's left hand came back onto the ball and to me the act of throwing the football stopped when he put the second hand back on the ball, so you could have looked at it that way. I, I wasn't as angry with Walt Coleman as I was with the league, and I love Mike Pereira. He's a friend he will be on KNBR with me a lot this year. But it took him ten years to change that bad rule. I mean, that tuck you tuck you rule should have been taken out the next year, like they did with a bogus, you know, pass interference call. They changed, well, I don't even know how, how do you change that rule, but anyway, yeah. That but I don't. It wasn't so much the Walt Coleman guy. He never worked a Raider game again. All those years did later. Did Al, Al make sure of that? No, the league did. No, it wasn't that. He never did a Raider preseason game. He wow. never did a Raider. His son worked one game. When they went to like an eight-man crew, and I remember I spent the whole broadcast talking about Walt Coleman Jr. But it wasn't so much him. It was just the NFL. That, And you know what? I, when you sue the NFL for a couple of bills like Al did, What do you expect? They're going to tuck you every now and then.
0: Bob Fitzgerald.
2: You know what? Bob and I have put it behind us years ago. I saw Bob at Levi's the other night. We hugged. I told him I loved him. Uh, That was years ago. Years ago. Bob's had a lot of heartache in his life. I've had heartache in my life. This is just what we do professionally. It's not what we are personally. And, uh, no, I, I don't. I, I, I don't hold grudges anymore. I think there's too much hate in the world. We need to love more. I told Bob, I hugged him and told him I loved him. And he, I, but I, after I lost my brother 10 years ago, he taught me to tell people you love him all the time. At the end of his life, it was all love. So I, you know, I tell People I meet at uh, CVS, I love them. They're looking at me like, "What's wrong with that guy?" You love us? But, uh, I do. I, I do love you. <laughs> I, I you love too. your bald head. <laughs> and I love his hair product. But anyway, he looks good. I don't. Huh? I, I told Bob and I hugged him and told him I loved him. So, do you listen to music? Oh God, yeah.
1: What do you listen to? Everything. Often? I I all imagine time. you only
2: listening to sports talk oh, NFL no, not, and NFL Network. That's
1: not true at all. Okay, so
0: I feel like he'd hate sports talk. What do
2: you? I mean, I talk about music on my show all the time. Well, I know, but I I. What's my favorite band of all time? Probably the Police. I would say. Roxanne? Uh, you too. I love. I could go on. I mean, okay. yeah, I go to concerts all the time.
0: I went to the Greek a couple weeks ago. That's pretty sweet.
2: The Greek in Berkeley? Yeah, it was, that a, is... it was a good time. I was there years ago. What do you think I, about I the don't Greek? remember. <laughs> I don't remember the Greek, but I, I did see a show there years ago. I it was I've, good. I've been. I mean, I go to concerts all the time. So, I, yeah. I Country? Do, huh? Country. No, not at all. Rap.
0: You wouldn't, uh, see, Garth, rap. You wouldn't see
2: Garth Brooks? Uh, I saw him play third base for the Padres. No, <laughs> he's wearing like, like number seventy-nine. No, I I'm not a big country. We you know my my family has gotten into country music. It's unbelievable. My daughters. Your son went to Texas. Like, Derek went. My son does not like country music, but no. my my daughters have gotten in. That's I that's the genre I don't get. There's some some country artists that kind of blur over a little bit, but no, I, I'm not a big country guy.
0: Stephen, Vogt, next manager of the Giants. Thoughts.
2: You gonna make him a player manager? That, so do you wanna get in this is I would love
1: to make him a player manager. Pete did it. Joe Torrey's first year he was a player manager. Frank Robinson's I think it's like seventy five for Joe, seventy or seventy seven for Joe, seventy five for Frank. The question I, I don't know how did they manage like rosters in those days? Like could you deactivate Steven? Would you have to get him through waivers? What a do you player mean? manager today. You'd yeah. have to be on your roster, your active roster every day.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: So you couldn't do like I think Tori yeah, played like thirty you, you five would, you games. You would
2: employ him to be the manager, and then you employ him to be a baseball player. So you're saying if you wanted to put him, send him down to Sacramento as a player? No, he's not going to do that. I'm saying if you wanted
1: to take him off your active, I think Could that you? would
2: be a clever way to finagle the twenty five man roster. Right,
1: but there's a certain point in time where. You'd have to you'd have to keep him on your forty man, which you would do. Well, and now yeah. you're adding a twenty
2: six man no, next I, year
1: because Steven's not I, ready he to clearly retire. Clearly, is I think
2: Stephen Vogt could be a manager, yeah. and I know he's been when he was around Craig Council last year. He talked about it, you know, observing him and standing near him. And he's got bochi this year. He's open about it, um, but that's not the. I think Stephen Vogt. I don't know him at all, but I'm sure from people that do that he could do it. Uh, but the concept is if. In today's baseball, could you have both jobs? And that was somewhat common—not common, but Pete Rose did it, obviously. And we all know how that ended. But anyway, <laughs> he had three jobs. But I, I think, it. I think, I think today Booking. it would be, it would be right. easier so do to do it because let's face it, the game is run from the front office, not just in the the lineups. And I go back to Billy, and I watched it firsthand. Uh, when Tony left and Art Howe came in and Ken Maka came in, uh, there's no question that the, the, the front office was, was running the initial presentation, which was the lineup, but I think they run way more of that. The game is so slow, and it's the, the pitcher-batter confrontation is the essence of the game, and it's all analytics, so you could easily lay it out. When they do this, we're going to do this. So that, as far as the running of the game, I think there's less required from the field manager. And I think, I think one of the untold stories in sports today is the field manager in baseball is becoming a dinosaur. You just don't have Earl Weaver or Billy Martin or Tony. It's just not the same. Out. Well, be out. So out. They're saving money on the manager. So for now. that reason, the managing of the game I think it's less required today from the field manager because yep. the general manager's office is doing that. What It really is what's the essence of the job today, and it's why Bob Melvin's so good and Boach is so good, is managing men. And Stephen Vogt, I think being a younger guy, more of a contemporary, what would it be like if he's actually playing? Now, you'd get into a little of, why are you always the one that gets the pinch hit, not me? But, at a least he's a good hitter. That, but he's good, so <laughs> yeah, you I, I think I think the left field. So the a concept, whether it's I believe in Stephen Vote doing it or somebody else, I think. And plus, you don't have to pay him as much. If I'm paying, what does Stephen Vote make to be a player? One point five. So you know, I, I'm not going to pay the manager one point five anymore. I'm going to pay him .85. And I think that's why we're getting away from this. So if I can pay the manager to be a player and also get his services to be the manager. I think I think whether it's Steven Vogt or somewhere else, I think we will reopen the conversation about player manager. I wonder about, you know, Al Adel started as a player coach. Bill Russell was a player coach. Could you do it in the NBA? Lenny Wilkins was a player coach. Happened a lot. Uh, wh- where are we at there? Could I mean in football, you couldn't do it. But could you, don't you
0: think do think could give you a couple snaps.
2: Oh, no, I think that's that, that's way no, too hard. hard yeah.
1: But I think could you not see it in basketball? Don't you think it's getting tough? It would be tough it, if it's easier in baseball now. It's tougher in basketball. Why? Did the level to which the the amount of data that you have a coach only has so many opportunities to draw up an out of bounds play?
2: Or uh, manipulate minutes. Or manipulate a lineup, yeah, I, and that's I, so hard to track. Yeah, it's probably harder in basketball when than it would be in baseball. But I wouldn't necessarily, you know, Here's say, other... say, say Draymond Green at the end of his career. When Dray, you know, okay, fast forward so seven yeah, right. years from now.
1: But the, the problem is like you know Kevin Durant doesn't want to come out for seven minutes during the first quarter or Well, you'd have to have someone he
2: trusts that allows that tells him to come out. Those are you saying Kevin Durant probably couldn't. I'm do saying
1: it. like the guy who is coaching the team in basketball would have to. Would Draymond Green sure throttle back his own
2: minutes? Well, when he's you know older, yeah, I think he's smart enough. Okay, yeah, I think the hard thing. And I wonder how those guys did that. I think, and also if you're playing the game. Twittered, you have a, you have a real feel yeah. for how the game is going on a level that a coach can't possibly have. So I, I think this is this was something, you know, it's kind of like the multi-purpose stadium in the '70s. How do we maximize it? You know, let's right. build a bowl. And the and, and sports had player, managers, player, coaches. Now we went away from it because everything is so specialized now. You know, we got an outside linebacker coach, not just a linebacker coach. We got special. We got a third down. The Niners down. have
0: 21 assistant coaches. Well, I 21. remember Al, Al,
2: Al years ago hired Patriots Chuck. Patriots have 10. He hired Chuck Pagano to be a, a, a third down defense coach. That's what Chuck Pagano was.
0: What's Kiffin's brother doing so, out
2: there? Chris Kiffin's just a pass rush specialist. So they're, they're actually, when you look at an NFL team's picture now, there are more guys in golf shirts than there are in football Big jerseys. Time. So we've, we've gone specialized, so it's counterintuitive to go back the other way. But I think we will. I, I think I think there's it is also a value there financially if a guy can do both jobs. Right.
1: No, I agree with you. And I think we've got if if Aaron Boone can manage the New York Yankees coming out of the broadcast booth with no managerial experience, why can't a guy? How who's about another
2: job? You could be player manager, broadcast sideline reporter, or could you? Do, how Did about a broadcaster? Haberman
1: give me some abs? Can you do all three? Well, Aaron Boone, every game it seems like he's mic'd up yelling at the umpire, so he's on every broadcast. Would you ever anyway.
0: do Haberman's haircut where you go I, really I, short on the yeah, side and then top? I think I've tried Could that you? a
1: little bit. Here's here's the difference, and people compliment me on my hair, which I appreciate, but the difference between <laughs> my hair and, like, this is where I think the true greats is you don't have, do you have any product in oh, your yeah. hair right now? Yeah. But I've seen you without it kind of wavy, kind of loose. Depends Mine what time of the day really I take puffy. the shower.
2: You know, I think- if I take the shower late in the day and I'm product up before I go to work, yeah, it'll be Yeah, but what more. you have
1: is a rare combination of a lot of hair, but I think the hair itself is, is thin, right? So it's no, little-
2: I, I, I have thick hair. Do you want to touch, Can I touch it? Yeah, a little hair oh, right there? Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to have uh, I see it sits as if it's thin. We are this is the most metrosexual conversation <laughs> I've ever had. We
0: talk a lot of hair. I'm going to end on this. <laughs> Smartest coach you've ever been around.
2: I mean, coach manager. Doesn't
0: matter. Baseball, basketball, football.
2: Tony La Russa. I don't think he was necessarily the best game manager. Uh I think Billy Martin was. If I had to pick one guy to run one game, it'd be Billy. But Tony was a so I my first year doing the Oakland A's was nineteen ninety, and I did him on TV. Decent we, squad, huh? Decent squad. Well, yeah, yeah but it was right <laughs> after the eighty nine. You know, they were World, re, series, they were world series, series champions, yeah. and I did a a, a a pregame interview with him on TV. I don't know if we did it every night, but a lot. And Tony is such a great man. He. He took my family. My mom and dad, I just lost my dad recently, but they they spend their uh, winters in West Palm, Jupiter, where the Cardinals had spring training, and Tony would get them tickets every – he'd bring them down. Anyways, great person. We got close. But Tony, because he was a lawyer, an attorney, he just looked at the game so differently than everybody else, where I remember asking him why he stood in certain areas of the dugout – he would stand in different areas, whether the A's were in the field or if the A's were hitting. Everything he did, there was an answer. Where, I mean, Don Nelson was a very smart and John Gruden, but sometimes when I would ask Nellie a question about things he did, he was like, I don't know. Jesus, give me a beer. <laughs> and then when I, whenever I asked Tony, Andy, some e- about we need to get Don Nelson on was, ease. whatever he was doing, he had a thought out answer for wh- everything he did had thought. And he had a scholarly mind. And he was, at the time, he was criticized because he wasn't a baseball guy. Tony was a high draft pick, hurt a shoulder. But because he was an attorney, people thought, ah, he's too smart for the rest of us, you know. But he was, everything he did had thought to it. It wasn't just happenstance. So as an inquisitive young broadcaster, it was great to ask him a question because it was never a name. Whenever he asked Tony a question, there was an answer for everything he did. Craig, thank you for your time. Thank you. Gracias. Can I grab Split. your hair and get a little private? Yeah, yeah. You're hair. making me you feel hair, like right? I, wow, you're really product. God,
0: up. you guys got product. Yeah, I'm not, touching yeah. both their hair. If
2: we actually put it in your hair, <laughs> will it grow? It's kind of like if we use Should we, if we use point? Haberman's product on your like hair, in, in, will in, it work like fertilizer? In vitro uh, hair really plugs. Really Would really you guys
0: work. let me do plugs, take your hair instead of no, my yeah, Like a mix. You
2: want a mix. Plugs is a bad look. Why? Dick Stockton had plugs.
0: Well, uh, Buck has them. They look okay.
2: Well, I haven't been that close to his head. Stockton, I remember when Stockton had them done, and Dick's going to get mad. And I All the while, I'm looking at him like, what's wrong with your
0: head? How many guys wear toupees that you know? I don't,
2: beyond Marv. I don't know. Hey, I I saw, tell me.
0: <laughs> what? You ran into Marv, and he went up to him. Yeah, Marv I, I had to, the worst toupee ever.
1: I was through. on the phone during the NBA playoffs with my buddy, with our friend AJ, and I'm in North Beach, and I'm on the other side of Columbus, and I say to AJ, i got to call you back, and I run across the street. And I say, Marv, my name's Guy. Yes! Great to meet you. And he shakes his hand, and he says, okay. And then he just kind of started looking. Well, he, was, he looked like he was looking for somebody or something. He didn't seem like he wanted to talk.
2: But I was the only one Marv's that recognized the best him. of all time. The best. Oh, come on. We all wanted to be Marv. We all wanted to be Marv. We'll end on with, that. Hair. with hair. With our own hair. <laughs> if I could be Marv with Guy's hair, then we're all yeah? set. All, right.
1: we're all set. Thanks to FP for Good letting us. hell of to long podcast. How long yeah. we go here?
2: Yes, 15 minutes. Commercial free, 15
1: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 80 went over. All right, Greg. All Thank later. you. Thank Pop. you.
2: Thank you.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for 1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.